When tough times come your way, are you making the most of what God has in store? Find out now on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Some of you, God has been asking you to do something for a long time and you don't do it because you don't have enough courage to do it, enough incentive to do it, enough motivation to do it. You know what to do. The problem isn't that you don't know what to do. The problem is that you don't have the boldness or incentive to do it. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is the president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Well, you might have heard it said that hard times are always just ahead of us, just behind us, or currently all around us. And that's just as true for the Christian as it is for the non-believer. But as a Christian, it's important to realize that God doesn't stop working in times of crisis. In fact, sometimes our most difficult seasons can bring about the most important change. So when the time comes and we do find ourselves in a crisis, how do we make the most of those difficult moments? What does it take to extract the good that God intends? Well, to shine a light on those answers, here now is Mark Job beginning part two of a message titled, Don't Waste Your Crisis. Action and prayer go hand in hand. Like the guy that I talk to and say, you know, pastor, I'm praying for a job. That's great. How long have you been unemployed? About three years. So what are you doing? I'm praying. How's your application? No, I'm not putting applications. I'm just trusting Jesus. I'm just praying. So what do you do with your time? I just pray. I watch TV. I pray. I have a good time. I don't worry about it. I just pray. Oh, yeah? So how do you expect to get a job? I'm just praying that someone will knock on my door, give me the right job with the right salary. I'm just trusting Jesus. No, you're not. You're being lazy. You know, you need to do more than pray. You need to act and pray. You need to go out and put job applications. You need to do everything you can in the natural and let God do what you can't do. Daniel took action, but he prayed. He knew that action alone wasn't it. He knew that prayer alone wasn't it, that it had to be action combined with prayer. I believe when you combine those two, you make a splash and an influence that other people will notice. I think back to 2005. We had just moved into this building. We had started to develop some of it. We got the auditorium done. The gym wasn't done. The middle section wasn't done. There are parts of this building that looked like an undeveloped factory. But we had been praying that this place would be a blessing to our community and that God would use it to be able to spill over and splash blessing on people around us. We had a fellow that came in from the outside, a pastor, And as he was praying with some of our pastors, he said he felt like God gave him a word, a picture, an image, that we would be like a storehouse, a warehouse, and this storehouse would actually be able to dispense goods to many other people out of this storehouse, out of this warehouse, that other people would be blessed by what's coming out of our storehouse. I thought, okay. Didn't really exactly know what it meant, didn't exactly know what would happen. And at the time we had moved into this building, we had some opposition from the community around us. Some people were wondering, why does a church want to buy a factory? What kind of church is that anyways that buys a factory? And why do they need such a big factory? And 
Why don't they have statues and stuff? And who are they? And there was some opposition from the community. Well, in 2005, in August 2005, there was a horrendous tragedy that happened in New Orleans because a hurricane called Katrina struck the New Orleans coast. You remember that, Katrina? It was one of the worst disasters that this country, natural disasters that this country has known. The storm surge caused 23 breaches in the flood walls around Katrina, and it's the worst engineering disaster in the history of the United States of America. Two days after the hurricane, 80% of New Orleans was underwater. Some of it was 15 feet underwater. Almost 1,500 people died in this tragic incident. Well, it just so happened that we were getting into this building and a fellow escaped the flood of New Orleans, got in a pickup truck with a chainsaw and his dog, and he drove all the way from New Orleans up to Chicago because he had family in Chicago. And when he got to Chicago, he got on the radio, I think it was WBBM, and he got on the radio and said, hey, it's atrocious down there. Uh, the city that I'm from doesn't have food, doesn't have water. Uh, people are out on the streets. I mean, we need to do something for them. They need toilet paper. They need generators. We, we, they're, they're, they're in desperate need. And he got on the radio and pleaded. Well, a person from this congregation heard him on the radio and said, well, we've been praying. Now we need to act. And so we reached out to him and he came to the church and we, we said, what can we do? And he said, well, we need to get supplies down there, clean water. They don't have anything to drink. And so we determined that we would try to fill up one truck, one truck, and drive it all the way down to New Orleans. And so we called the congregation. We said, hey, bring, your, uh, bring toiletries and water. If you have generators, bring them. And so we started to try to fill a truck. It seemed almost impossible to fill a semi. It was a lot of work. And our gym became the storehouse where we started to put stuff in. Well, suddenly people from the community heard about it. The very community that had opposed us now heard that we were doing something in New Orleans and cars started showing up in our driveway. The news got a hold of it and advertised, hey, a church on 51st and Keeler is taking supplies to New Orleans. By the time it was over, we had filled up 11 trucks and driven them down to New Orleans. The mayor of Ocean Springs called me up and said, Pastor, I don't know how you guys have done it, but our entire city is grateful to New Life Community Church. In fact, she said... You guys got here before the federal government got here, before the Red Cross got here. You got here before any agency got here. And she said, I want you to know that the people of this community are grateful to you, don't even know how it happened, how you did it, but we're grateful to you. And we have so much supplies here, we're starting to send those supplies to other areas that are more needy than us. Here's what I learned that day. You know, there's a powerful combination between prayer and action. 
Can I go on a little tangent here? Okay. So occasionally I have people that come to me. And just this past week I had someone come to me and said, Pastor, would, you know, we need to protest some stuff that's going on in the city. Can you come and protest? And, and, and wanted me to go, go to a protest. And I said, I think there's a time for protest. But I don't want us to shake our fist at government and city and police and people because sometimes they're as stuck as we are as to what to do. How about the church bring some solutions to the table? How about the church roll up our sleeves and start fixing the problem and then tell the city, hey, we are already fixing the problem. Just come and help us while we're fixing the problem. Like Urban Life Skills, we started a program to mentor at-risk youth, 13 to 18-year-olds that are gang-affiliated, and we've been doing that for years now. And now, the city's up in arms about the violence that's happening in Chicago and saying, well, part of the solution is we need to mentor eighth graders and 13 and 14 before, they, before this violence gets out of control. We're like, hello, we're doing that already. I believe the church needs to provide solutions, prayer and action to change a community by the power of the living Jesus. And we will continue the final part of this message from Mark Job here in just a moment. Let me say thank you to our bold partners, though. You are incredible for the support that you provide to this radio broadcast. And Mark, bold partners make outreach possible as well, as we're heard around the country and now around the world, including the country of Malawi. Yeah, we are so, so grateful for our bold partners. And thank you. This tribe continues to grow of people that are saying, basically, I believe in what you're doing. I pray for you, but I also give a monthly support to take the message of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Our listeners in Malawi send such wonderful notes to us. You have one in front of you. You want to share that with our listeners? Yeah, this listener from Malawi says, I am very glad to have the Bold Steps program, which is teaching us, informing us, and entertaining us here in Makawandu Village. Surely your program has impacted our lives. Now we are transformed. As I'm speaking, I am a changed man, all because your program. So we oh. urge you to continue giving us such lovely programs. Isn't that incredible? Or we're I so love grateful. That. It's yeah. the power of the Word of God. Indeed. It, it goes anywhere, any country, transcends culture and language because it's empowered by the Spirit. I have a surprise for you, though, Mark, because this Latala FM radio station is part of the Far East Broadcasting Company. Our radio director there is Amos Sibayu. And I interviewed Amos a few days ago via Zoom, and he shared with me the clip of one of his own radio programs. I thought our listeners would enjoy hearing this, and maybe you would enjoy hearing what it sounds like in Malawi. I'd love to hear it. I like it already. Litala Liaumi. Upojala tuwaso petu ni makono gavili kupolo gala mujali itala liya ume mkulipa kutiyayu wanya tundipelepo kupika nilantitu Atiyo, hehehe, <laughs> <laughs> wane mweni kutana jamani kutuli Iyayi, lelo tu mkulipa kutiyayu wanya mkuti, ah, hiye, iyayi Nani kuruwela chenene lelo, wane tuwele, wane kutii lelo, eh kuruwelele chenene Wane kutii, ngwampa, 
<laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> I don't even, I have no idea what he's saying, I don't but either. I like him already. Yeah. I, I can see his personality yeah. comes through. Somehow I know it's about Jesus. I'm not sure how he gets there, but I know that's about Jesus. So we're so grateful for the partnership and the fact that Bold Steps is having its own ministry in that country. Yeah, so, so grateful for the partnership with Far East Broadcasting and people like Amos. And thank you, Bold Partners, that you are helping to just spread the gospel. We get reports that there's listening groups, and we've talked about this before, but groups of people that gather around the radio to listen to the message of Jesus. 1,500 listening groups Mm. of up to 15 people Mm. each, I'm told by Amos. So thank you, Bold Steps Partners, for making this all possible. All right, thanks for that fun time out, but let's get back to Mark's important message now. Don't waste your crisis. Number three, we need to take action. So not only do we need to pray, but as I said before, we need to take action. Remember, one person filled with God's Spirit can do what others in the natural can never do. Verse 24, it says, Therefore Daniel, after they had prayed, called out to God, gotten on their face. Church, we need to know how to pray. Some of you don't even know how to pray. Oh yeah, you know how to pray grace over your meal. Lord, and bless these elements that we're about to take. May they serve for our strengthening of our bodies. Amen. But that's about all you know how to do. Someone says, can you pray for this crisis? You say, yes. Lord, thank you for these elements that we're about to take. May it strengthen our body. No, no, no. We're talking about a crisis, not about a meal. Some of you need to know what it means to get on your face before God, to press into the throne of God, to get a hold of the throne of God and not let go of it until you know that God has answered that prayer. Some of us need to learn how to fast and pray and seek God and intercede and know what it means to tarry before the Lord and wait until we know that God answers our prayer, fervent in prayer. And when you're calling upon God, listen, When we know what it means to call upon God, then what happens is when you're calling someone, you listen for an answer. When I'm upstairs and I say, hey, honey, what time are we having dinner? And I hear, I say, I I can't hear you. So I open the door, I turn the music down, I cup my ear. I said, what do you say, hon? Oh, go pick up dinner myself. All right, got it. No, just, uh, I'm listening for an answer because I'm asking a question. When you know how to pray, you cup your ear to the heavens. You look for the signs. You're waiting an answer because you're asking. Some of us know how, need to know how to listen. And when Daniel was listening for an answer, God spoke to him in a dream. And God showed him the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had had. Now, I don't believe that God normally speaks through dreams, but I believe God can speak through dreams. I don't believe that every dream you have is a God dream. Some of you just have a weird dream because you had too much Giordano's pizza the night before and just... You know, you have psychedelic, weird flying dreams, falling off buildings or whatever. Not every dream you have has a spiritual meaning to it. Don't come to me and say, Pastor, I was falling off a building. I'm wondering, maybe. But I do believe that God can speak through dreams at times. 
God will use whatever means he has to to get our attention. He spoke to Daniel through a dream, and he showed Daniel in a dream the vision or the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had had. And he gave him the interpretation of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had had as well. And then Daniel took action and went before the king and said, I have an answer to your dilemma. I know what your dream means. You see, he took a bold action. You see, some of us need to take a bold action in our crisis. Some of us won't be bold until we're driven to be bold. Some of you, God has been asking you to do something for a long time and you don't do it because you don't have enough courage to do it, enough incentive to do it, enough motivation to do it. You know what to do. The problem isn't that you don't know what to do. The problem is that you don't have the boldness or incentive to do it. I've told you this before, but my grandfather smoked and he always would apologize in front of us who were teenagers about smoking. He'd say, boys, don't do this terrible for you. Bad. I wish I could quit, but I can't. And he was a man that read his Bible, loved Jesus, but he smoked. Didn't like it. One day he went to the doctor and the doctor said, Mr. Job, I see a spot on your lung. If you don't stop smoking, you could be dead soon. Something incredible happened. My grandfather stopped immediately smoking. Immediately. Never touched a cigarette the rest of his life. Unfortunately, it was too late. He had lung cancer and he died of lung cancer. But what it showed me is that my grandfather could have stopped any time if he had an incentive strong enough, a motivation deep enough to make him make that decision. Some of you here and you think, I want to do it. I just don't have the willpower. I don't have the incentive. I don't have the motivation. What are you going to wait for, a crisis? Is it going to take a crisis? Because sometimes God will let us go through a crisis before we have the boldness to take a bold step in the middle of our crisis. Daniel in the middle of his crisis was unknown by the king, but he got a boldness to step up and say, hey, king, I have an answer. Number four, seize the opportunity. So stay calm, pray hard, take action, and lastly, seize the opportunity. Remember, every crisis provides an opportunity to point to God and to lift others. Daniel goes before the king, and I I love what Daniel does because the king says to Daniel, oh, I've heard that you can interpret my dreams. I've heard that you have the power to tell me what my dream was. And notice what Daniel says. Daniel responds to the king in verse 27. Daniel answered the king and said, no wise man, enchanter, magician, astrologer can show the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. I love that. The king says, oh, Daniel, I heard you can do it. No, not me. But there is a God in heaven that has no limit to his power. I can't do it, but God can. You know, when people come to me and say, Pastor, can you do this? I, I, I love to be able to say, you know what? I'm just a vessel. I can't, but I know someone that can. 
He's got all power. He's not limited. He can heal. He can do miracles. He can turn situations around. I'm nothing. I'm just a vessel. But God, man, I got some connections in high places. And so do you if you know our God. And so he gives God the credit. He interprets the dream. And I wish I had time to get into the dream. I don't, but it's a prophetic dream. The dream that, Dan, that, that Nebuchadnezzar had was a dream, a prophetic dream that really revealed 2,500 years of history before it ever happened. Daniel in his dream prophesied that the Babylonians would be followed by the Persians and that the Persians would be followed by the Greeks and that the Greeks would be followed by the Roman Empire. He doesn't call them that, but he says about the Romans, it'll be, uh, it'll be a empire of iron that will bust everybody that's come ahead. And that was the Romans. The Romans ruled the world for about a thousand years. And then he predicted that there's a kingdom that's coming that would never come to an end, an everlasting kingdom. He's predicting the coming of King Jesus, a spiritual kingdom that will never come to an end. 2,500 years of history predicted by Daniel before it ever happened. And when the king saw that Daniel knew his, his dream, the king said to him, Daniel, I want to promote you and you can do everything you want. I, wanna, I don't even know your name. And he gave glory to God. This king that didn't even know the name of Daniel's God, he says, truly your God is God of gods and Lord of lords. He's the revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Listen, when you go through a crisis and you take a bold step, other people around you are going to see that your God is alive and well. Give him the credit, give him the honor, and give the glory that belongs to him. The chapter starts out with Daniel being ready to be executed. The chapter ends after a crisis with Daniel giving glory to God, being promoted, and actually lifting his friends into a level of promotion as well, all because of a crisis. Yeah, so there you go. Maybe you are in a crisis right now, and you feel like it's the worst thing that could happen to you, I want to remind you what we've talked about. Stay calm, pray hard, take action, seize the opportunity. In fact, I believe that some of you are going through a crisis that right now you look at as the worst thing in your life, but you will discover in time that it was the best gift. And I'm going to pray for you right now that you would take the heart of a Daniel in addressing your crisis and that God would use your crisis for good in your life. Father, I pray for that person right now going through a marital crisis. I pray, God, that it will awaken a desire to restore their marriage, to fix their marriage, God, and that at the other end of this crisis, there will be a healthier, more powerful, joy-filled marriage than before this crisis. I pray for that person going through a financial crisis, God. I pray that you would work things out in such a way that you would help them learn, grow, and be a gift to them. I pray for that person right now, God, struggling through a health crisis. God, in Jesus' name, I pray that 
there will be lessons learned. There will be spiritual breakthroughs that could not have happened probably any other way except through this physical crisis. God, I pray that that person right now in the midst of this crisis would not despair, but will lean into their walk and relationship with you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And thank you for a great lesson today, Mark. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job and today's message, Don't Waste Your Crisis. If you're joining us late in our current series called Allegiance, Kingdom Living in a Foreign Land, be sure to catch up on our website at boldstepsradio.org. There you'll also see the wide variety of resources we offer our listeners, including a brand new Bold Step gift, The Kingdom Agenda, a book from Dr. Tony Evans that offers a fresh and powerful vision to help you think differently about your life and your relationships and your walk with the Lord. In a time where politics and government actions seem to be at the forefront of our minds, this book will help each of us to broaden our perspective and see the bigger picture of what God is doing through His Church and the Holy Spirit. So if you're tired of all the headlines promoting fear and worldly agendas, request your copy of The Kingdom Agenda so you can refocus on the biblical news that we're meant to be following. This refreshing Bold Step gift will be sent to you when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Just visit us online at boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also send your donation and request for the book in the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Make plans to join us tomorrow as Mark continues our new series called Allegiance, Kingdom Living in a Foreign Land. We'll learn how to break out of the cycle of pride with our teaching centered in Daniel chapter 4. So don't forget to listen Wednesday to Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.